Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Rogers Music! Hey, what's up, folks? It's your boy, Dwayne. This is The Bar Podcast, a podcast that's interview style. We interview well-known preachers, seminary professors, ministry leaders, app developers, artists, and even local pastors. Tune in every Tuesday to your favorite podcast, The Bar Podcast. You will find a new episode and a new guest. Go to thebarpodcast.com or any of your favorite podcast catchers. Peace. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. She shared, but the there were similar things that happened to me. So basically, especially growing up, like I said, and Krista and my sister who runs Girl Define with me, both of us were very tall, were, you know, in the modeling world, it's like, oh, you're looking, you know, whatever the modeling standards are, you got to be tall, you got to look like this, whatever. And so as younger girls, neither Kristen or myself even thought like, oh, pretty, like what does, you know, you're just kind of growing up. And I was definitely more of like a tomboy and half the time looking back on my the videos of me as like a child, I'm like, I never brushed my hair and I looked real scraggly and all of that. But there came a point where there were people who started to point out to both Kristen and myself, like, hey, have you ever considered modeling? And as young girls, you know, as sisters, we're really close in age together. It starts to, it kind of messes with your mind and you're like, a model, what would that be like? What would my life look like if I were a model? Would I be pretty? This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome everyone to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. I am your host, Arlenis. Uh, thank you for listening and watching to this new episode. As we do every Tuesday, we have a new guest for you for today. But before we get into our conversation with my guest for today, please, if you wouldn't mind just scrolling down in your Apple podcast, if that's where you're listening from, and don't forget to give us a five-star review and just let us know how you have been encouraged uh, by this podcast. And that would be so, so helpful for us to be found by other listeners. Uh, it will help us to become more visible for them, but also for them to know that This is a safe podcast that they can be listening to. And then what you can do is copy the your review and then go ahead to our Facebook page and paste it into the review section. And that also just will help us that if anyone is scrolling through through our page, they know that, hey, by the way, guys, go and listen to go and listen to this podcast and this is why. And then just let it, let them know how is it that you have been blessed or have been encouraged through the testimonies that we bring to you every Tuesday. And we are super excited because this 
Sunday, we will be releasing our first year anniversary special episode. And on this episode, you will get to know some of our teams. You will get to know Isabel LeBron. She has been hosting the uh, Women Who Fear the Lord part of our podcast. And also Tyne Huberi. You will get to know a little bit more about him. And then also Alex Torres, who has kindly also brought some theological studies in Spanish for our podcast. We want to make sure that we reach other people, not only English speaking, but also Spanish speaker um, friends or family. And I know that you guys have heard me mention my dear friend, Andrea Klein. And in this episode, you will get to know a little bit more about her. She gives a short version of her testimony. She has been kindly just helping us with our audio. So the setup that we have normally when we are recording this episode, she has been helping us a lot with that. So we will get to know her a little better. And also uh, my husband, Richard, will be joining us too on that episode. And uh, Richard and I kind of just uh, discuss a little bit about the, the idea of this podcast, just the main idea that we had in the beginning for this podcast. And then what, where the Lord basically has led us to be at this moment and some of the things that went behind it and the reason why we started the podcast. And I'm just super excited for you guys to get to know our team and to get to know all the people that have been working so hard and uh, making sure that we bring all this content for you and that it will be a blessing to your spiritual walk and your, your growth in the word of God. And that is my hope. Um, obviously, you know, every Tuesday we do focus mainly on bringing testimony. So every Tuesday we do have a, a new guest in which they come and they share their testimony of salvation. But also we get to know a little bit more in depth about their lives and their upbringing, about their ministry, if they're involved in any, in any ministry. And that is our goal, that we can get to know our family in Christ in, in a better way. And as I mentioned in the beginning, we do have a special guest today for you guys, and her name is Bethany. She is from the Girl Defined Ministries, and we're super excited because the Girl Defined Ministry will be partnering with us for our first year anniversary giveaway, which we will be announcing the winner on May 15th. And on this giveaway, you will be able to win their new devotional book called Shine Bright. And this is just 60 days to becoming a girl defined by God. And so I'm just really excited for all of us to get to know a little bit more about this book, to get to know Bethany, hear her testimony, and how the Lord has been using their ministry to bless so many young women out there. So super excited, guys. And here is my conversation with Bethany. All right, guys. And here I am with the super, super energetic Bethany. Now I feel like I have something to live up to. <laughs> That's I got to bring my energy. <laughs> That's my intro for you because as we were talking just before we started recording, I love your your uh, podcast. And I just recently came across your podcast um, after watching your live video with yeah. Katie. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Wow. I feel that I had energy. But <laughs> Bethany and her sister, they're like, they're, they're like a whole new level. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. Oh, well, I was telling you, you know, we have a lot of sisters. My mom is super energetic. I mean, we do drink a lot of coffee, but I'm like, you know, we don't really need anything else to have a good time. Just the way God made us, like we are energy big. I mean, it's like everything's bigger in Texas. So I guess our energy is bigger too. <laughs> 
I hear that my husband is always like looking around like, oh, look at this houses. Everything is so cheap in Texas and look how much space. I know it's true. Move here, move here with us. Then you can live in a great big house. (laughs) Don't tell him that he will totally move. Like he is like really serious. Oh, we'd love that. (laughs) Yeah. But welcome, uh, Bethany. It's such a pleasure to have you. I am loving, loving everything that you and your sister are doing. Like I told you before we started recording, one of my friends saw my Instagram story the other day and I posted like a coming soon, like a little surprise because we do have a little surprise, yeah. right? This episode is coming next week. So we're recording on a Monday, but next Tuesday, this episode will be out. And my friend, she sees the post and she's like, oh my gosh, their ministry has been such a blessing to me. Like I told you before, yeah. What in the world? How have I not heard this before? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you again. Uh, very, very honored to have you Aww. in our podcast and for people to get to know you. And then we will be talking about a book that we're going to be giving away yes. in our one year anniversary. Can you believe that? One year. Which congratulations. That's a big deal. I'm excited for y'all. Thank you so much. And Bethany, so I normally like to begin um, having my guests just kind of take us back to their childhood and just share with us a little bit about what was life like growing up Mm. for you and your family? Uh, What role did they play in your Christian life? Like, How did they uh, introduce you to the gospel Mm. and to you know, to make sure that they taught you the ways yeah. of the Lord in your life. Mm-hmm. So I come from a big family, according to some people's standards. Some people are like, that's small, but there's eight kids in my family and I'm the third in line. And so my parents were actually first generation Christians. So they did not grow up in Christian homes. Um, like my dad's dad was a very, you know, much of an atheist. Um, my mom's parents just, you know, didn't know the Lord at all. And so my parents became Christians around high school age. They actually went to Bible college. That's where they met and got married. So you know, it really was through the people that influenced them, that encouraged them to think differently with how they would raise us. And they really wanted to pass on that hope and knowledge of who God is to their children. So they picked up from Florida where they were living, moved to Texas. And back then, you know, I'm 32. So they started homeschooling all of, you know, the kids as they came along, which was kind of crazy back then. It was like homeschool. What, you know, like you might have to please show up at your door kind of thing. Cause it was like the weird thing back then. Um, so they actually homeschooled all eight of us, all the way through. So we were just kind of that crazy house where there were a lot of kids. We were always around and it was, you know, that was really fun. I really appreciated that. But when I think back to it, I really do see how intentional and how much work they put into teaching us about the Lord. Um, they definitely had us in, you know, like little Sunday school programs or a wanna, if anyone's familiar with that. Um, but it really was like the discipleship that was in the home that made such a big impact really on me. And so I can remember so many different times, just either sitting down as a family and um, even just sometimes having like where we would sing little different hymns or songs, praise songs, things like that, um, which as a younger girl, you know, I loved that. I thought it was so fun. Sometimes we would even have days, my dad would call them like answer man Friday or something. And we would, all the kids would gather in the living room. And if we had questions about like the Bible or, you know, just those, all those questions kids have, like, what about this with creation or whatever? And he would answer them. Um, so that was really awesome. I really appreciated the effort they put into that. But for me, um, there was a big emphasis on not just 
having this faith because my parents had it or not just because we all went to church and we were like this Christian family that homeschooled and kind of had conservative values and went to Christian conferences here and there. Um, they really emphasized with me and obviously each of my siblings that we had to make a personal decision to trust in the Lord for our own salvation, to understand who Jesus is, his death on the cross, his resurrection, everything like that. And so to be honest, I don't remember the specific day that I really understood that, but I can look back on my life and see, wow, like I, I remember being, I don't even know how old, maybe like six or seven. And I can remember studying in my little, you know, for me, it was a one, but it had Bible verses in it. And I can remember memorizing these verses and really desiring to know who God was just in my little girl brain, you you know, like I wanted to know who God was. And I under, I understood that this was really important. And I remember learning verses, you know, kind of the basics and Romans and different verses about the gospel. Um, and so I really do see in my life back then, like a desire to know God and a desire in a very small way to live for him. Um, but I would say that it wasn't until I was older, I guess, probably even in my early twenties that I grew in my understanding of Christ in a deeper way. Um, I definitely, you know, as someone who grew up in a conservative home, I definitely fell into some of the traps of a somewhat workspace salvation. So really basing a lot of my goodness of, you know, deserving the gospel, uh, based on, Oh, how good I was, how pure I was, how, how obedient I was, how, you know, how different I looked than the world. And that was not good, you know, because mm -hmm. that's what the gospel is for those of us, which is everyone who are imperfect and need Christ. And so it really wasn't until uh, my early twenties that I realized, wow, like <laughs> God sent Jesus to die for me because I am not like some extra special breed of a human. And it sounds so prideful, but it really was how I felt at sometimes like, oh, I'm not God. Yes, Jesus died for me, but maybe just a little bit less, you know, like maybe I wasn't, didn't need his sal the salvation quite as much as some other people. Like what a terrible way to think, you know? Um, so I'm grateful that God has opened my eyes in that way to see like, Bethany, you need me just as much as everyone else. You know, you are totally lost and broken without me. So it's been quite a journey, but I, I really look back and I know that that's not everyone's experience to have parents who discipled them, who loved them who taught them about Jesus. I mean, my parents didn't have that, you know, and they, my dad tells stories about how he would lay in bed at night and just be so fearful, like wondering what was going to happen to him when he would die. And he would ask his parents and they were like, we don't, you know, like just try to be good, you know, and that's terrifying for a kid to wonder why am I here? What is the point? And what would happen if I die? You know? And so I'm grateful that I never had to have those fears or wonder about that because my parents were there to show me the word and point me to why I was here and help me understand creation. So it's something that I don't take for granted and I am really grateful for. Yeah. And so you said that you don't, you, you don't remember specifically the day that you were saved, but probably that the Lord saved you, but maybe later on, maybe like when you were 20, you said, um, or, or yeah. Later. So no, I definitely think I understood in a very basic way and definitely was growing in my understanding of Christ. And definitely, I, I think I definitely put my trust in him, but I think I was you know, as far as like sanctification goes and my understanding of just how much I need God's grace and how much I need salvation, I think it really deepened and changed a lot of my views and how I just lived in a, in a, I guess, uh, God, you know, was giving me a little bit more wisdom. Um, and so it really, it was kind of a bad relationship that I was in that 
caused me to go before the Lord and say, God, I can't believe why was I with this person? You know, like I'm such a, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm such an idiot, you know, even though everyone's telling me I shouldn't have been there. So it was kind of through that. Sometimes, you know, I think it's this, like God allows us to go through things sometimes so that we can see just how much we need him and how foolish we are without him. And I think I just had a lot of pride and obviously, you know, it's an ongoing process. That's something I'm praying for more humility. Uh, but I, I do think there was a big turning point in my twenties that just took my relationship with God and my understanding of the gospel a lot deeper. And as a young girl, do you remember, uh, having any question about oh mm. am I saved and what would happen to me like what you, your dad was yeah. kind of saying did you struggle with that uh those questions like what yeah. where would I go when I die am I going to yeah. heaven because clearly mm-hmm. this is something that has been taught at home yeah did you address this with your parents how did you yeah. go through mm-hmm. that process yeah that's a good question um I think that f- you know, there definitely were times where I had fears or doubts or wondered, you know, I think I, I can remember as I got older, like praying, like, okay, trying to pray again, like, okay, just to make sure like, no, God, I I trust you. I trust in Jesus. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. You know, I can remember like praying these prayers over again, just to make sure, you know, like I've got to confirm this, you know? Um, and so I, I remember that. Uh, but the thing is, is that my parents, they were very involved and very intentional, uh, you know, and we were mostly together all the time because we homeschooled and they, you know, were very intentional, even with the curriculum that they used to use a school curriculum that really was as much as possible biblically based and from a Christian worldview. And so I had lots of opportunities to ask questions and to talk about those fears, but still it's, you know, our relationship with God is personal and we have to, even as a young person, you have to grow and understand who God is for yourself to have that belief and that faith. So I think it definitely was a process over time of not just holding on to my parents' faith or my siblings' faith or someone else's faith, but learning who God is for myself and learning what salvation is for myself, you know? So I think that's those landmark moments are what kind of deepened my faith and deepened my roots. Um, And it's something I can look back on and say, oh, when I was younger, my faith was definitely like a child and simple and small. And it's definitely deepened over time. Yeah. And, you know, I was listening to your podcast, like I was telling you, I've been listening to it. And um, in one of the episodes, you mentioned an episode that happened to you and your mom when you were 10. And if you wouldn't mind talking about that, because for a young girl to come across this, about like the uh, model agency or something yeah. that came up to you guys. So if you wouldn't mind just talking about yeah. that and how did that impact your, your mind? Like how yeah. did you react? How, what, what were your thinking through? How did you think through this yeah. moment? For sure. So the specific story you're talking about actually happened to my sister, Kristen, the one she shared, but the there were similar things that happened to me. So basically, especially growing up, like I said, and Kristen, my sister who runs Girl Define with me, both of us were very tall. We're, you know, in the modeling world, it's like, oh, you're looking, you know, whatever the modeling standards are, you got to be tall, you got to look like this, whatever. And so as younger girls, neither Kristen or myself even thought like, oh, pretty, like what does, you know, you're just kind of growing up. And I was definitely more of like a tomboy and half the time looking back on my, the videos of me as like a child, I'm like, I never brushed my hair and I looked real scraggly and all of that. But there came a point where there were people who started to 
point out to both Kristen and myself, like, Hey, have you ever considered modeling? And I remember for Kristen, there was that very specific moment where she talks about in that podcast episode where someone came up to her when she was only like 10, um, and said, you know, would you be interested in being a model? And, Kristen and I both had experiences like that. And as young girls, you know, as sisters, we're really close in age together. It starts to, it kind of messes with your mind and you're like a model. What would that be like? What would my life look like if I were a model? Would I be pretty? And so for both Kristen and I being so close in age and kind of on this journey together as sisters, we both started to wonder like, what does it mean to be a woman? And what is kind of like the purpose of this body and this life that God gave me? Because what we're seeing out there is that, oh, the ultimate woman is the woman who's like on the magazine or walking down the runway or in the movie. She is like it. And so it really became this battle for both of us over the next several years of wondering and dreaming and kind of like almost just in our minds, though, wondering what the life of a model would look like. And nothing happened. Nothing happened with Kristen and that that agency, that modeling recruit that came up to her. Nothing happened with me until we were like 18, 19, 20. And that's when both of us just being super close in age and, you know, our curiosities, we were both like, okay, maybe this could work. Like maybe we could do this and it would be so easy. We could make some money and we could have this title. We could be models. And so, you know, we mentioned the idea to our parents and they're like, no, no way. Like, we're not going to do this. Like guys, you know, like this is not a good direction to go. Just, they felt like, you know, just with the morals and standards that we had, they just felt like, okay, the modeling industry can be very rough and very, um, you know, kind of push you to the limits because you got to climb the ladder. And so eventually they decided, that they were just going to let us go to an interview and just see for ourselves. So for me, when I went to this modeling agency, all of my curiosities and all of my like, Hmm, what would life be like with the title of a model? Would I feel happier? Would I be more complete as a woman? Would I finally have arrived, you know? And I'm a Christian. I grew up in a Christian home, but we, as women have these thoughts, we have these curiosities. We wonder like, if I only had this, would I then be happy? I mean, how many of us have thought that, you know, like if I only looked this way, if I were only married, if I only had, you know, if I, a different husband, whatever it is you're thinking, like, if I only had this, um, you know, if I only were skinnier, if I only had more curves, we all have that thing often where we say, if I only had this, then I would be truly happy. So for Kristen and I both, and for me, I remember thinking like, would this be that thing where I would be like kind of this complete woman? So I remember I pulled up to this modeling agency. I was probably like 19 or 20 years old and I walk in, um, and I go into, I'm like, my hands are sweaty and I'm like, Oh, you know, I'd never done anything like this before. And so I walk in and I call the guy, Jeff is, we'll just call him Jeff. Um, that's how I talk about him in our book, but basically he was sitting across the desk and he was just, you know, from the moment I walked in, he was treating me like that you should just be honored that you were in my presence. You know, like I should just be groveling for this chance to be in, in at his desk, you know, this special opportunity to be considered to be one of his models, you know? And so he's telling me how, you know, they recruit models and they push them and their goal is to get them to the top. And that's what they're all about. And he was telling me how they had a bunch of trials yesterday. And so him sitting here with me, this was like such a special opportunity. And I'm sitting there like, ah, and so the first thing that I noticed is when I sat down in his office, literally his entire office, wall to wall, floor to ceiling was almost like wallpapered, I guess, with pictures of their different models. And as I was sitting there across from Jeff's desk, I just had this realization like, wow, I do not want to become another addition to Jeff's wallpaper. Like these models, so many of them are like almost nude. And is this what, is this what it means to be a woman? Is this what I'm aspiring to? Is this like what my life is all about? And so he told me, which was 
to me, just crazy. But he told me, he was like, you know what? We would rather have models who we would consider, who he's saying we would consider less beautiful or who the world would consider less beautiful, but are willing to do more and show more than someone who he was referring to me. He was saying like, where you think, you know, you would be a great model or beautiful or whatever, but you're not, you have standards and you're not willing to do as much. And so he said, if you want to climb the ladder and you want to get to the top, you have to be willing to do anything. And so basically he meant by that, you have to be willing to strip you nude. You have be willing to show all because that's the only way you're going to get there. And so I just remember sitting there and I was like, this is not what I want with my life. And just looking back all these dreams and aspirations thinking this will make me happier. I'll finally be, wow, that beautiful woman. That's what life is about. I remember sitting there and thinking, I don't want this. And I don't want to become a new addition to his wallpaper. I don't want to be the woman who is willing to give more and more and make my body just, that's all it's about, you know, just showing off my body in order to be on a magazine or to get the next job. Like I know that I'm worth more than that, not because of who I am, but because Christ is my creator and he gives me worth and value that no one can define and no one can take away. And I am his daughter. And that's what makes me worth so much more than this. And so for me, that was a turning point where I was like, I don't want this. I don't want to go down that road. And I want to help women understand who they are in Christ and where their worth comes from. And Kristen's story looks a little bit different. And she tells a lot. She shares all about it in our book, Girl Defined. We actually both go into more detail there, but it was a big turning point for me and just my entire life purpose. And honestly, that was right before we launched Girl Defined Ministries. And that was such an eye-opening experience. And it made me want to go like shout from the rooftops, like women, like we are worth so much more than this. And your identity is in Christ and don't strive to measure up, you know, to these people who are just saying you're the sum of your, you know, what you can give them. Like, that's not how God works. God gives everything and we accept offering nothing, you know, and the world's model is completely backwards. So that was that experience. And it was definitely very formative in my understanding of just my purpose and worth and identity in Christ. And how amazing that your identity was rooted in Christ and not in that. Hallelujah. Probably you, you would have ended up going that route. And yes. You know, it's like God knows where you will be at this. Yeah. Point, you know? and, oh, uh, yeah. Just how important to what you mentioned before, the role that you both of your parents played in your life yes. growing up. So that when you come to a place like this, yeah, where you have a very strong foundation, and you're not going to be shaken or will be, you know, like, yeah. um, dragging to something yeah. like this that, you know, that it's not going to glorify your savior oh, yeah. who died for us. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it more, is it worth it more to just go and like yeah. sell my body and yes. watch? Mm-hmm. And I think oh, I yeah. can, can relate so much to that because growing up, especially I'm Latina, Latina. <laughs> And, you know, it's like in my culture, it's a lot about that. I feel oh. horrible. In fact, there were times that I will say that I will get implants for mm-hmm. you know, my mm-hmm. because yeah. I always felt like, oh, but I'm not beautiful then. Yeah. Because for my culture, it was like, if you didn't have certain size, it's like, you're not pretty or, yes. uh-huh. this, you know, so, and at that point I wasn't a believer. And oh that, yeah. It just played such a important role because you know like as a yeah. teenager you're still trying to the, discover so many things oh and for you're sure so many different things right but yeah how amazing to see that Christ was the center of everything in your life and that he was able to help you to face yeah this moment in your life yeah you know, and that and, and and so you go through this process of like maybe possibly become yeah a model, become a model 
but then also singleness. Yes. Right. So how long were you? Because I know that you're married now. I have a you're you're the one yes. who has a child, right? So yes. I'm, and you. I know we're like the same person. It's okay. We answer for each other. We share each other's stories. So we're, I could talk for both of us. We're both like, that's how it goes. So <laughs> yeah. No, date. Yeah. Like, how long yeah. Single, or how was your singleness for you? Yeah. Um, were you, did you struggle? And mm. how did the Lord help you too through that season in your, in your life? Uh, I mean, I was like most little girls. I know it's not for everyone, but I know a lot that I talk to have these dreams. You know, you see these little princess movies, fairy tale movies when you're younger and you're like, oh, that'll be my story. Someday I'll find my prince and we'll go off and live happily ever after. And so I just, you know, not only that, but then as a Christian, I was like, oh, God designed marriage. It's a good thing. It's a, wow, I could have kids and look, I could be this amazing Christian family. So not bad desires, you know, like a God did create marriage. It is a wonderful thing. But for me, I just assumed that would be a part of my story very early on. You know, when I was like 21, 22, 23, I just thought, of course, why would God not give me this wonderful gift? Like I want marriage. I want kids. Of course he'll give it to me. You know, the thought that I wouldn't get married for many years after that was never on my radar. So, you know, that whole Model A thing happens. And then I'm like, okay, I'm moving forward. I want to make an impact. And I'm also thinking like, okay, now's the time, God, like you can bring him along. Like I'm ready to get serious about life. Here we go. Um, and little did I know that that wouldn't become a part of my story for like about 10 years from that point. So I got married when I was 30 um, and I'm around 20 at this time. And so I was in relationships, you know, like I, there was one guy that I was getting to know and, you know, looking back, I realized how skewed my perspective of the type of man I was looking for was because I just wanted this so bad. So I really, marriage had become for sure an idol in my life, something that I wanted so much and really felt like I needed in order to be happy. And I felt like I needed to get married. I needed to have kids and I wanted those things so much. And I felt like my life couldn't start until those things happened. And so I was in in some ways willing to settle a little bit because I was like, well, you know, he seems like a great guy and he's right here and he's interested. So let me just go after that. Not really like praying and considering like, wow, could we serve the Lord better together? Is this really what God would have for me? And I was willing to ignore a lot of the wisdom and advice of those around me just because I wanted what I wanted. So even though I had an amazing family, amazing wise counselors around me in so many ways, I was like plugging my ears because I just wanted to get married, you know? And so it took me in that first relationship, like several years to finally let go. You know, I, we never got engaged, but it was always like on the brinks of that. And I, it just, it wasn't a good relationship. We were not like a better for the Lord together for sure. And so it finally just took a surrendering saying, God, okay, I am willing to give this dream up. Like I have wanted marriage and I have been trying to make it happen in my own will. And I have not been wanting to live for you truly. Like I've been wanting what I wanted and I've been wanting to serve you how I wanted. I haven't been wanting to serve you how you would want me to serve you, you know? So very backwards. Um, and so after I finally released and opened my hands and just really made like Proverbs three, five, and six, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I really made that the cry of my heart and the prayer, like, God, please help me in every area of my life to trust you completely. Please help me to trust that you will direct my steps. Please help me to live that out. And so I would just pray that. And it wasn't always easy. You know, when you have a desire of the heart, it doesn't completely go away. You have to daily, you know, oftentimes, sometimes multiple times a day, open your hands and just say, God, please help me to live for you. 
and God was so gracious, you know, even though those years of singleness for me, which for me, 10, you know, 10 extra years of singleness felt like, oh, so long, you know, because you don't know. You're like, I don't know if I'll ever get married. I don't know if that will ever be a part of my future. So it just feels agonizing, you know? And so for me, it came to the point of just asking myself like, okay, what do I believe the purpose of my life is? And if I believe that the purpose of my life is to know God and to glorify him and to point others to him, then why should it matter if I'm single or married? Because God can use me as a single woman to do all of those things. So am I demanding that God give me what I want in order to fully live out my purpose? And so for me, I realized, wow, God has given me everything I need as a single woman right now to fully live for him, to glorify him. And yes, marriage is a wonderful thing, but if he chooses not to give that to me, I can thrive in this season right now. And I can serve him in ways that I couldn't as a married woman. I can minister to people as a single woman in ways I couldn't as a married woman. And so God really helped me to have a change of just mind and direction and I can say now looking back that I really learned to thrive as a single woman. And I now look back on really my mid to late twenties with a lot of joy and excitement because I see what happens when you let go of the reins and just say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to stop making me the center of my universe and I'm going to start living fully for you. And it really became exciting. And I'm telling you, I know there are probably single women listening who are saying like, I can't imagine that, you know, like that sounds terrible. But I'm telling you, if you're single or just in a place where you want something that I experienced, just how satisfying life can be when you make God like that you're number one and you really dig into your relationship with him and spend time with him in the word and make living for him your number one priority. And I wasn't perfect at it, but it definitely made a radical impact in my life. And by the time I kind of met and got to know my now husband, Dave, I wasn't in a place of desperation. Like you're still single, marry me, you know, like next one, let's go. Um, but I was in a place where I was surrendered and, you know, eventually he spoke up and I was interested and it was so awesome to see like, wow, here is a really godly good man where we can serve the Lord better together. Um, and you know, now we're two and a half years in and we have a sweet little baby and it's amazing. But even on this side of marriage, I've realized, yes, my circumstances might've changed and how it were, my life is day to day might look a little bit different, but my ultimate purpose to live for God, to know him, to glorify him is still the same on this side of marriage on in singleness. Our purpose remains the same. So if we can get focused on living for God, on living to know him on, you know, living to point others to him our circumstances won't matter as much because it's not about getting what we want. It's about living for him. And so that's something I still am wrestling with and working on. I'm not perfect at it. It's only by God's grace when I do live it out. But I can tell you, you know, when I held on to the reins and was trying to be in control, life was not as happy. I was much more miserable. I was just unhappy because I didn't have that thing I wanted. And when I finally released control, there was just so much more peace and joy because I wasn't, you know, making that thing for me, marriage, an idol. So I would just encourage you if you're in that season to just, you know, focus and meditate on open up Proverbs three. That was super helpful for me. And I think it might be really encouraging to you as well. And can you just give some of the practical ways that you use Mm. your singleness to God's glory? What were you doing during that period of time for during those 10 years that you were single? How did you use that for, you know, serving the Lord for his glory? 
Yeah, for sure. You know, I didn't do anything like, whoa, over the top glamorous, where it's like, I've changed the entire world, you know, or went and saved a whole country and nothing like that. It was all small ways. But I, so one of the things that I was not doing very well early in my single years was ministering to the people that God had put directly around me. So I, like I said, come from a big family and I have, you know, it's the three olders and then the five youngers. And so I have five younger siblings and God was, you know, just graciously reminding me like, oh, you're an older sibling. You have the opportunity to to disciple and mentor these people that are literally directly in front of you. I know for me, oftentimes it can feel like, oh, well, that's not as meaningful because they live right near me or with me. You know, it's, it's more glamorous to go and minister to people out there, not your family, you know, but God was just showing me like, no, these people are just as much people as anyone else, you know? And so I actually started, um, my sister, two youngest sisters, I started like kind of like formally mentoring them and they were really excited about that. Cause we have a big enough age gap to where it was like, you know, seemed cool to them. Um, so we would start meeting on a, on a weekly basis and going through different Christian books, studying the word together, praying together, accountability. Um, and that was an amazing opportunity that I had because I still lived at home. They were right there with me. And so I was able to just take our relationship as sisters to another level. And that's been incredible just to see our friendship and sisterhood grow because of something like that. Another thing I did, which these are obviously things you can do if you're married, but just the amount of time I had to focus on not, you know, just, I, you know, when you're married and when you have kids, your time is taken up in different ways in a good way, but it's different. So when I was single, I had so much availability in my schedule. So something that I chose to do, obviously I have a big extroverted personality. Um, and so I decided, you know, there are a lot of other singles who, they, you know, want to have a good God honoring place to hang out and spend time. And I have, you know, this home, cause I still lived at home and my parents are super willing to open it up. So I, along with my sisters hosted so many game nights, so many like worship nights, encouraging nights, just things within the home, um, that people who didn't have families here, people who were just you know, we live in a big military town. So people who are just here coming through for the military, um, you know, all of that, it provided people like a second home, a place to come. And I really spearheaded that in so many ways because I related to them. I was single, you know? Um, and of course I would also do a little matchmaking on the side, you know, with my friends, like, come on over, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't help it. I still like the idea of marriage. If it wasn't going to happen for me, I was like, maybe it'll happen for someone else. Um, so those were things that I did. And then during all this time is when girl defined ministries came to be in, you know, in our different podcasts and just books with girl defined, we share pieces and parts of the story, but, um, you know, Kristen, my sister who found a girl defined with me, she got married and, you know, for, a really for the 10 years of her marriage, she's, they've struggled with infertility. They've been not able to have children yet. And for me, I wasn't married during a lot of that time. So Kristen and I, as sisters were like, you know, God hasn't given us these desires of our hearts, you know, her desiring children, me desiring marriage and our schedules are kind of open. So what are we going to do with this extra time that God has given us? And so it really was through prayer and just seeking the Lord that we decided, you know, let's start a ministry to reach out to the next generation or just to our peers and say, Hey, following Jesus is so important, but it can be really hard. And there's a lot of pressure to conform to the cultural norms or to follow the popular trends. Um, but let's be women who 
go to the word, who study God's word, who encourage one another. So that's how Girl Defined Ministries came about. And the majority of the time that it's existed has been when I was single and Kristen, you know, not having children. And so I really do think that those extra years of singleness that I didn't want gave me the ability to start Girl Defined because if I had gotten married, I probably wouldn't have started Girl Defined and this ministry probably wouldn't exist because I just had my, I would have had my attention somewhere else. So I think that God was doing something amazing and I just couldn't see it. Um, but I'm so grateful that he, like, I look back and I'm so grateful that he didn't allow me to get married when I wanted to get married because he had such a different plan for me. And the more I trusted him, the more now looking back, I can see that, but we don't have all the pieces to the puzzle in the moment. Mm -hmm. So now I look back on a lot of my life and I'm like, Oh, I see what God was doing. And that's why it's so important that we trust him and we follow him because he has the full picture. We don't have the full picture, but if we trust him, just like Proverbs three, five, and six says, he will direct our paths, not in our steps, not the way we want, but the way he wants. And isn't that ultimately where we want to go? Yeah. Amen. And you answered my question, my next question, which is about a girl to find ministry, how it started and yeah. all that. So how long have you got a girl's been doing this for? I think it's been about seven years now. Wow. Yeah. Wow, seven years. That's amazing. Yeah. And how do you, cause I've seen some of the topics that you guys have addressed and you guys address topics that are not particularly addressed yes. in, all, in all places, which yeah. I love because mm -hmm. Come on, like, you know, yeah, we need biblical education yes, when it comes for to sure. So how do you how did you both go by deciding, hey, let's talk about this? Yes. What let you guys bring this kind of conversations into your for podcast? sure? Yeah, you know we get a lot of messages through social media and a lot of emails from young women and women who follow us. And they often are very honest in their messages and in their emails. And, you know, I cannot even count how many times we've received an email from someone saying, help, I've never shared this with anyone or, you know, I, no one knows I'm struggling with this. And I think there's just this misconception oftentimes that if we aren't talking about things, then nobody is struggling with it. Uh, and so Kristen and I have realized just through surveys we've sent out where we've allowed them to be totally anonymous, just asking very personal questions that women are struggling in a lot of ways, but are just almost, it's almost like we're silent because we feel like we're the only one. Um, and so Kristen and I have decided to tackle harder topics that aren't often addressed for women, especially stuff surrounding sexuality. So on our podcast, we've addressed stuff, a lot of different sexual struggles, masturbation, pornography, erotica, things like that. And I cannot tell you every time we bring an up a topic like that up and talk about just how to find freedom, how to find hope, um, redemption from that. We get flooded with emails and messages of young women and women saying, thank you for talking about this. Like I have struggled with this and I have not known where to turn because so many women, even in the church, don't talk about this. Um, so when it comes to those sort of sexual struggles and issues, um, that's been a huge one of Kristen and I just saying, wow, there is a need. And we know from our own lives, we are not perfect. You know, like we have had our own struggles, our own issues, our own imperfections. And so we know like we've had questions, we've wanted answers. We've wanted other women to say, Hey, here's where we can go for help. And not to say, Oh my goodness, you're the only woman in the world who's ever struggled with that, you know, but to say, no, like we are all fallen sinful humans and we all need Christ in all of these areas. So we've decided to just be very bold in those areas, hopefully in a God honoring and respectful way. Um, but we actually decided to write an entire book, helping women understand God's design for sex, God's design for their sexuality, um, because those are 
huge issues in our day. So our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart, came out of just as a, a desire to want to link arms with other women and say, hey, God's word actually talks about this. God is the designer of sex. He created it back in the beginning. This isn't a topic that we should be like, shh, don't talk about that. Hollywood invented that and God is hiding his eyes, you know, like, no, he's the creator. So almost taking it back and helping us understand from like the grounds up where this came into existence, when this came into existence and just striving to understand the context for it and why God created it for marriage and what the metaphors are and just what a beautiful thing it really is and just where it should be enjoyed. And then when it comes to other issues, like I mentioned, pornography and masturbation and erotica, just what, how those are a false expression of true intimacy that God designed us for. So we talk a lot about stuff like that. We also talk a lot about, um, just gender and identity. You know, when Kristen and I started Girl Define, though, all of these issues, especially surrounding like gender, sexuality, um, things like that, they were not as explosive and as hot button as they are today. So Kristen and I were very bold in talking about that stuff in the beginning because people weren't like, it wasn't as sensitive. And so we wrote a book called Girl Define, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. And we're just very bold talking all about roles and gender and different things. And then everything kind of exploded. And so people are like, wow, y'all were so bold to talk about all of that stuff. And we're like, well, it didn't seem as bold back then. And now it's, it seems really bold, but we just realized, you know, like if we are not going to be bold and share on those issues, who is, and where are young women and women going to turn? I mean, the world is not shy to express their opinion. You know, they'll shout from the rooftops. And if anyone disagrees with them, they'll cry for them to be canceled and removed from social media and removed from the internet. So we, as women and Christian women have to be bold. We have to be brave knowing that God's ways truly are better and that his design for us is good in all areas and our identity and our sexuality. Um, so that's why we are so passionate about addressing these issues because we feel like if we're not brave enough, then where are women and young women going to go for answers? So it gets me fired up as you can tell, because I just feel like, and you know, we need to be, you know, we need to. So it's an area we're willing to go. And, you know, the response has been so overwhelmingly like, thank you. And positive that we don't, we don't really plan to stop. So (laughs) we're going to keep going. Oh, and I love it. I love that because, uh, especially for towards where the world is moving, yeah, things are just getting darker and darker. And I think yes. these are conversations that we that need to be addressed and absolutely how to help this young ladies or possibly older women too. Yeah, uh, single older uh, women how to address these topics from the Bible. Yeah. Biblically, like you, like you mentioned. So how many books have you ladies published? So we just released our fourth book, Shine Bright, 60 Days to Becoming a Girl Defined by God, uh, which is so exciting. It's our first hardback. So our other three were paperback. We're just softbound, you know, so we're really excited about that. The small little things. Um, So the other ones I mentioned, Girl Defined uh, and then Love Defined, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart, and now Shine Bright, which is a different turn. It's a 60-day devotional. So our other books are kind of focusing in on specific issues, identity, relationships, sex, sexuality. And now this is, it's just shine bright is all about helping women and young women get into the word. So it's a devotional, but it points you to the word and encourages you to get in the word. It encourages you to open up your Bible and it just gives you a plan. I mean, we've surveyed our girl defined sisterhood and Every time we ask, like, do you struggle with having a daily quiet time? 85% at least say yes. And most of the time, the reason, which I relate to, I am not perfect in this area. Um, most of the time they say it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, you know, 
it's a struggle because they don't have a plan. And so yeah. Shine Bright is really designed to give you a simple plan that helps you know what to read, gives you questions to think about, ways to go deeper. Um, and so, you know, we love talking about the issues, but we feel like if we're not doing a good job of helping women actually open up their Bibles and get into the word for themselves, then we're just being another voice out there. Yes, we're trying to point them to Christ, but we want to make sure that you, you know, whoever is listening, become a woman who loves God more, loves his word more, and actually opens up her Bible. So that's what Shine Bright is all about. It's really exciting. It's very different than anything we've written before, but we feel like now more than ever, women need to know where their source of truth is found. They need to know who God is. They need to know who God says he is, not just who they think he is. You know, they need to know where to go for answers when they're struggling. And shine bright is not the word, but it points you to the word. And so it's just a tool to help you get in the word more. Amen. And I'm so thankful. And thank you to you and your sister and your ministry because you guys are partnering with us for yes. our anniversary. And yes. now if you're listening, you can head to our profile page on our Instagram and find out how you can get this book. This yes. So yes, that's so exciting. I'm oh, so we're excited so excited. And I can't wait. Yeah. So amazing. So yeah. And I told you like, I need mine now. <laughs> I need one too. We all need it, girl. I'm right there. The struggle is real. Yes. Yes. I'm on those. I, you know, everything I say, it's like, I am right there. Like I need all the help too. <laughs> Amen. And I do want to ask you very quickly. Also, you have your ministry, you have your yeah. husband, you have your child. So how are you balancing mm. all this and making sure that now like your parents, yeah. you're also instruct instructing your child in the way sure. of the Lord also, and also to make sure that yes. you are giving time to your husband. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that, um, has been a very open and, uh, regular conversation between me and my husband. I don't want girl defined to be something that becomes my new idol where I'm like, I have to run this. I have to be involved in this way because then I'll just be, you know, trading whatever's the most important thing. First it was singleness. Now it's girl. I don't want to do that. So, um, I have, um, you know, having very open communication between me and my husband, because we're a team in this, you know, we're a family and we're married, we're one, you know, so it's very important that first of all, we're on the same page. So, um, we had lots of conversations about it when we were dating and when we were married just before, before Davey was born, it was definitely easier to manage, um, because he obviously was gone working all day and I, was able to uh, make sure Girl Defined stayed in its right place to where I felt like I was able to love him well and we would communicate about that, you know, like how do we both feel like it's going. Um, it really was more when Davy Jr. was born, uh, my son who's 14 months old, that I definitely needed to kind of, okay, revamp, reconfigure. So Kristen and I, you know, we run Girl Defined together. So between us and our husbands and just seeking wise counselors, we've just realized more and more with every new season that changes, and especially with me having Davy Jr., that we just need to grow our team so that Kristen and I are focusing on the things that we can only do. So we say that's like being in a video or recording our podcast um, and then having other people on our team, team members who handle pretty much everything else. Uh, so that's been huge because my plate with Girl Divine has been lightened um, in a lot of ways. And we have incredible godly women who work for us, who are passionate about what they do for Girl Defined um, and do such a great job and do better than I would do if I were doing it because that's their passion and what God's gifted them in. And it just lightens the load all around. So I'm sure as 
as time goes on, we'll have to continue to expand our team because like you said, that is a huge priority for me. Um, I am Davey's primary caretaker. I love being his mom. I love watching him. I love discipling him. And I don't want to neglect that just because, oh, well, I've got this, this other thing going on. I feel very convicted personally to be very involved in his life um, as his mom. And then also with my husband, I believe very strongly in just God's structure for that. And, and so for me, it's a huge priority to make sure that that stays balanced. And so I definitely don't do it all. I don't do it like I did when I was single. We've definitely outsourced. And, you know, God has been gracious to give Girl Defined Ministries the funds to be able to do that. Uh, so that's the only reason we're able to grow in that way is because God's graciously given us funds to hire people on. Um, but if he, you know, if that weren't the case, we would just have to downsize or do something different in order to be able to maintain. So it's not that I'm doing it all. And I'm like, I'm doing as much and no more, you know, it's that I'm, I'm not doing as much with girl to find, and I'm able to focus on my family. And I'm so grateful to, you know, to have, to be in this place and to, to be able to still get to do a little bit of girl to find, but different. Um, and I'm grateful that Kristen and I are both very much on the same page with that, with our priorities. But I definitely think that it's an, a conversation that isn't over. It has to continue on because as life changes, we can't assume that we can always handle the same amount. So I appreciate you asking that question though. Cause I know people will ask like, well, you know, you talk about, you know, there's these roles and the structure and how are you doing it? And I'm like, people listen, like I am not doing it all, you know? Um, and so that's something important to know. Like it may look like, wow, how are they so on it? But it's like, it's the other amazing team members, not us. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I received an email from one of your sweet, uh, uh, yeah, that, um, very sweet. And I, I loved how now, you know, the whole team yeah. is helping Absolutely. you because I know, I mean, I, I know that you guys are doing much more, but I know like the work that goes behind it yeah. and uh, our goal is to make sure that we are able to minister to God's people and even to non-believers, you know, yeah. also reach unbelievers and for them to come to know about this hope that we have in Christ. Absolutely. And also a quick question. Do you plan on doing anything? Uh, because I don't know, I, for what I've seen, and I don't know correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Uh, a lot of your uh, your content is a lot addressed to to single women mostly, right? To younger yeah. women. Have you thought about possibly in the near future doing anything for, um, uh, let's say, married women yeah. or older women, uh, especially yeah. now that you're a mom? Yes. Yeah, we actually get that question a lot. And, you know, it is Kristen and I soon here in the next month, month and a half, we're about to have like a big uh, structural meeting and talk all about that because that is something our audience actually has grown and our lives have changed. So we want to continue to pour out, you know, and be open about the seasons that we're in and encourage other women in, you know, in marriage, in motherhood. So that's definitely something that will be kind of incorporated and kind of change as time goes on. So you, yeah, I would say this year, there will probably be a lot more content the second half of the year for women who are in that stage of thinking about getting married, married, having kids, which I'm excited about because when you're in that season, you want to talk about it, right? So yeah. I can't wait to, to do some more podcasts and videos on that. Amazing. And so for anyone who wants to find you, I will uh, add the links to where they can find you as well. But if anyone who will be listening to the podcast, yeah. where can they find you and where can they get your books also? 
Yeah. So just go to girldefined.com um, and you can find most of the links there. Uh, if you go to girldefined.com slash shop, you can find all of our books. We have some other fun merch and stuff, um, or just connect with us on our podcast. Since you're already listening to a podcast, if you're listening to that version, you can just go to the girl defined show. Or if you're watching a video where we are also on video, um, youtube.com slash girl defined. So pretty much if you look up girl defined, you'll find us. We, we kind of like to be everywhere. <laughs> Same here. Yes. I, I went too much on like, okay, yes, I know. Everywhere, everywhere. Yes. We want to reach you. Like, oh. Yes. <laughs> but how amazing. I do have my three signature questions that I normally ask uh, in my podcast. <laughs> so since you're, you girls have books, do you read any other books, any other favorite books that you have? Yes. So some of my favorites, um, there is a book by Nancy Lee DeMoss. It was before she got married, uh, called a place of quiet rest, a super good book all about quiet time and just studying God's word. So that's a top favorite. And then a book by Elise Fitzpatrick called idols of the heart, um, learning to long for God alone. I read that multiple times while I was single because I was really struggling with making marriage an idol, but it's a book for any season of life. So if you're going to read two books, those are some of my top favorites. Um, and then of course, all the girl to find books. You can't stop there. You got to read all ours, right? No, <laughs> those are two. Yes. Shine bright. <laughs> uh, it, by the way, I, I wanted to ask you, um, the shine bright book, where would they be able to buy it? Would, is it available on, on Amazon? Because I saw yes. the video. Mm-hmm. Is everything okay now? Can they buy it on Amazon? So it's recovering where, yeah, we had a lot of problems with Amazon in the launch. You can get it on Amazon right now. It's not on Prime. Hopefully in the next day or two it will be, but who knows. But you could just go to our website, girldefined.com slash shine, um, and it's available there. Perfect. Awesome. And now three things that brings you joy. Oh, three things. Okay. We'll start really shallow coffee for sure. Good coffee. That brings me joy. Um, And then, I mean, I can't, I have to, like, for me, it's truly genuine. Like my son, Davy Jr. He is just always doing something new. Like today he started, my sister taught him like, what does the cow say? And now he goes, moo. I mean, how cute is that? Or we do, what does the lion say? I mean, how can that not bring you joy? And then my husband, and I know these are like the cliche answers, but you know, I, one thing I'm just so grateful for about my husband is he is just, he's younger than me. He's five and a half years younger than me actually. And he is Mr. Energy already. So I just, I'm so grateful for the way when he gets home from work, he just literally, the moment he walks through the door, he is like fully engaged. He jumps on the floor, starts playing with Davey. And it's just such a joy. And I'm so grateful to have a husband who also just, you know, loves me, but then also loves our son so well. And just, loves to see him laugh. And, and that's just, I mean, how can I not love it when I'm like, I've wanted, you know, for so long, I wanted to be married. And now it's like, for me, it's like living a dream. I never thought I would have. So it's like the best thing ever. Wow. I didn't know that your husband is actually five years younger than you. Yeah. Mine is just three years younger than me. <laughs> We're both going for the younger men. Ooh. <laughs> like, or he went for me, the older <laughs> through the older they're going for the older girls (laughs) right um and then for my final question it's something that I normally ask my guests and the reason why it's because we are focused on this podcast to share our testimony which points to one person and one person only and that is Jesus Christ so why do we need Christ Mm. well I I think about that, you know, when I, when I think about people who don't know Christ and people who don't have him, I honestly 
wonder, like, how do you live in life with any hope, you know, because for me, why I need Christ is one, I realize like I'm not enough. And that's a very popular message these days. Like you're enough, believe in yourself. But at night when I go to bed and I see like how impatient I am or how just, I don't measure up to all of that's around me. I realize like, wow, I don't have what it takes. And if that's the only hope I have, then I'm doomed. Like this life would be depressing. So for me, I realize like, wow, there is someone who is perfect, who has chosen to give up his only son, Jesus Christ, for me, um, someone who didn't deserve him, who didn't deserve this gift of perfection to basically adopt me into his family. So to say, if you trust in me for salvation, if you trust that who I say I am, I am the perfect son of God who died and rose again, then you get to be adopted into my family. So no longer am I just Bethany try to be enough, but I get to be God's daughter. And it sounds cheesy, but it's really true. So I take, I've taken on this new identity of being a part of God's family and having the hope of knowing that one day we'll be those of us who've trusted in Christ for our salvation and who are a part of his family get to spend forever with him and that this life isn't all there is. And so for for me, that brings so much hope and meaning and purpose to this life. And for me, it's like, I don't even know how to survive without that. Um, and so I just, I, that future hope of being with Christ and, and the joy of knowing who he is and how he loves me when I don't deserve it. It's just, there is nothing else in this world that can, can give us that. And and that, that sort of hope. So it's, it's really everything to me. I don't always live like it, but it's, I know, I know that that is my entire purpose and my entire existence and my truest identity. And that's just amazing. Amen. Thank you so much. And thank you, Bethany, for joining me on our podcast. I hope I can have you back some other time, maybe have some fun conversation. Yes. Thank <laughs> um, you. And uh, thank you for those of you who are listening. And Bethany, if you will wouldn't mind just closing us in prayer. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. God, thank you for today. Thank you so much for this opportunity where we get to connect as, um, just like I was saying, family, we are in Christ. And so we are connected in a way that will last for all of eternity. And I am just so thankful. I know we've talked about a lot today and, um, you know, we're all in different seasons, different circumstances, but I just pray that you would grow in us and grow that desire to know you, to live for you, to love you, that we would just be people, men and women who say, like, my life isn't about me, but it's about you. And I just think how drastically so many of our little decisions would change if we truly lived that out. So please change our hearts so that we can love you and live for you. Um, that's a desire of my heart. And I just pray that for everyone listening. Thank you for this incredible podcast and just the way that we have the opportunity to grow in our center understanding of you through videos and podcasts like this. What an amazing time that we live in. I'm so grateful. Um, I just pray that you would bless each person listening and get just, just give them that desire to know you more in Jesus name. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our 
our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description.